Hey, everybody. It's time to LOL. Listen out loud, that is. It's time for Anime Jam Session with DJ Ronma S, Mako-chan, and Ari Rockefeller. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Anime Jam Session, episode number 403. Yes, we are that podcast that talks about anime, games, conventions, the fandom, geek stuff, and everything in between. I'm DJ Ronma S. I'm Ari Rockefeller, I suppose. I am Mako-chan. And I'm Ichigagami. And how is everybody doing tonight? <sighs> A little closer to death. Hmm. Oh, Mako, you need to mute your Skype. What do you mean? Oh, we heard you when you uh, when you unmuted yourself before we went live. You heard me? Yeah. I heard you. Oh. Okay, because I had Skype itself muted. I don't know, but the funny thing is, uh, when you said, when you came back from mute, I heard you, you know, it's like, like you typed in the chat and I heard the sound effect. That was well, me then, typing. Yeah. No, no, cause... no, 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 not typing. The sound effect when you send it, the, 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 when you send it, when you send it up. I don't have any of that activated. That's odd. Then somebody else must ha- n- must not be muted then. That's weird. Yeah. Because I, cause I, my, my sounds are muted. Uh, I'm trying to think of, if it's me, I'm sorry. I didn't think it was me because I've got my headphones on. But I will double check that all of my audio, yeah, all my audio is going yeah, my, to my mine. headphones. So. I'm hardwired in. So, All right, so, you, so you know what? I apologize. Let's blame it on Skype one more time. <laughs> Works for me. Yeah. Damn you, Skype! Oh, right, look, look, look. On the business side, they've already got rid of Skype for business and replaced it with Microsoft Teams. It's like Skype and and um, Slack just had this odd-looking baby. Yeesh. Yeah, and... A robot baby would be odd. <laughs> oh god oh man we are live tonight week of april 23rd 2019 right here on twitch tv we are here live tuesdays at 9 30 p.m eastern you can also interact with us at live.vocnetwork.com you go there there's a little uh viewer you can watch us from there um i haven't properly set it up for watches from animejamsession.com, which is something I do want to do. Once that gets up and running, it'll pop right up. Or you can go directly to twitch.tv slash animejamsession and join us there for all the fun and shenanigans. I think that I got everything covered. <laughs> oh, man. And don't forget, we're also available on Discord. You can find us at vognetwork.com slash Discord. Uh, each of the live shows have a little chat room in there, so come by, hang out, have a good time. And now that we got that out the way, let's go around the room with how was your week, how was your day, Ari? Oh, boy. Well, well, just, you know, just make it as lively as possible. Well, I was, you know, severely overworked this past weekend because of the holiday, mm-hmm. which I kind of expected and kind of brought myself because I need all the overtime I can. Uh, between Thursday and Sunday, I worked four overtime shifts in three days. 
Uh, Thursday was just normal, you know, double. Friday was the uh, holiday overtime. Yeah. Saturday was another overtime shift. And Sunday was only supposed to be four hours, but the main, you know, eight-hour guy got sick and left, you know, like an hour into it, so I got mm-hmm. his whole shift. Well, that's not so bad, though. Money-wise, no, no, it's not, definitely. But health, look, I, I have a friend. She's managing four different jobs part-time jobs to, to pay bills and sadly she got fired from one of them because she was so exhausted that something screwed up and you know but what, what really sucks is the main reason why she's has so many jobs is that her car insurance is $500 a month Yikes. damn I know but uh yeah I would have worked between Monday and this Friday, it would have been a uh, twelve days straight that I worked. <sighs> I don't miss those days. I truly don't. Uh, but at the very least, I got my steak on Friday. Well, at, le- at least you got something for all the for all the shit that you put yourself through. So. It was free because I had a whole shit ton of points on my Fridays app. Yeah. So like, yeah, hundred and fifty points. You know. Spend on it, and the uh, waitress convinced me to get like the, like the bigger one because it was still you know free and there mm-hmm. was still a limited list of what steak and ribs you can get for that reward. Yeah. But you uh, saw it on the uh, my personal Facebook page, my Instagram account, and I was like, now that's what I call a good Friday. Mm. To answer uh, Theo X seventy five's question, uh, does she have ultra coverage? Probably, but I know people with full coverage whose who's, who's lie, who's insurance is not even that high. So It's the area she's living in. That's what it is. My, when I moved to the area I'm in now, my, it, my car insurance almost doubled. And my car is freaking old. Mm-hmm. I am cringing at the fact that my car insurance is going to go up again when I do finally get a new car. And have to put everything on there. But yeah, the area that you're in greatly affects how much you pay on your car insurance. Yeah. Hey, Jack, what's going stupid. on, bro? Yeah, I mean, I, I legitimately do feel for her, so. But yeah, that's how things have been going for me. I'm going to be highly exhausted until Friday, and I'm going to go see the a new uh, Rift Tracks that's coming like tomorrow, so... I gotta scramble to find money for that for tickets for that. Uh, part of my facial expression, so I just got I am something about Katsukon, and I'm just like, well now. Um, I I won't mention on air, but if this turns out to be something legit, oh, we will talk about it uh, probably next week. So. But yeah, that's all shit's been going for me. Okay. Mako, how was your week? How was your day? Uh, week was pretty decent. Um, finally had a weekend that I didn't have to go rushing out somewhere, so mm-hmm. that was really nice. Yeah. Um, just dealing with the holiday and basically having a day to myself. It was very, very nice. Oh, I know that feel all too well. Yeah, I, I have this coming weekend all to myself, too. Um, I'm going to enjoy the hell out of it. Yay. Sounds like you deserve it. 
<laughs> well, I've just, I've, as an introvert and as, you know, crazy as I've been the last couple of weekends, I basically mm. haven't had a weekend off since before ZenkaiCon. So actually having a weekend that I don't have to wake up early and don't have to actually get out of bed unless I want to is an amazing feeling. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. Okay. It you go. How was your week? How was your day? How you been? Uh, the, thank you for asking, Ranma. Um, I have been okay. I hope everybody in chat has been all right. I have been recovering from um, Laura Del Palazzo. No, I've been recovering from something that was like <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. Stop, 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 stop. Did you just say Hail Il Palazzo? I, I called whatever my illness was Laura Del Palazzo. But okay. I, okay. I just want to make sure I heard correctly. Because it makes me go <clears throat> and feel a little closer to death. Um, that's for all you old schoolers out there. I'm going to sit here and sip my cat cup. I, I think I have that box set on my shelf somewhere. But yeah. Um, I still need to cosplay from that one. It's a big sleeve. I just love the big sleeve. Oh. Uh, <laughs> for those of you who don't know the reference, it's Excel Saga. But uh, you can go look that up. Googling is fun. But yeah, uh, I basically got sick as soon as I got back from Japan. I was supposed to be on the show last week, said said, but then I was sick and I couldn't. I literally couldn't speak. So I'm back now, and mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you guys about that a little bit later. Uh, overall, it's been kind of quiet for me since I got back. Um, I have Awesome Con coming up this weekend, actually, and on Sunday I'll be doing my Resin 101 panel. So if you're going to be at Awesome Con in the D.C. area, definitely come see me on Sunday, I want to say it's at 11.30 in the morning for Resin 101. I will be there, and if you're not there, you're not square, but you're shaped and you're loved, so there you go. Hooray! Um, but yeah, so uh, that's pretty much uh, my weekend day, um, just getting back into work and everything like that. Um, next events, yeah, it's Awesome Con, and then pretty much nothing until Otacon for me, so... Okay. That's pretty much it. All right. So my weekend day was basically o OT work because we got people moving into the building. So that's where my Fridays have been for the most part. Um, so I decided to have like um, a me weekend. So basically, originally, I was going to sit here and watch The Expendables 1, 2, and 3, catch up on my Zenkai Con convention photos, and just order takeout and relax. Instead, after that, I, me and my co-worker, we actually went out for dinner, and we went to Ichiban, and he, he called it annoying and gimmicky. I can, I can understand that aspect, though. I can. But after that, we had some drinks, and then I just went home and just relaxed, you know. But I did get all of my Zenkaikon photos done, so another batch of photos will be going up tonight, and I'll be sharing those, those um, albums this week. I didn't get just to watch the movies that I wanted to, but I did catch up with some television, so that's not so bad. And that was basically my week and day. Now let's let let's get into um, what what's going on in the chat room here. We're discussing about issues with GameStop. Okay, this is something I've been thinking about. It's been on my mind lately. So 
I understand GameStop is where you go to save, you know, five ten dollars on games, and I get that. The, and I understand the issue is you don't get the proper return on investment when buying used or selling used. And I understand some people don't want to give GameStop money because of their business practices. I totally understand that. I'm at a point where you know. If I can't find it for under $20 new on Amazon, I'm going to go to GameStop. Because as long as the disc is in pristine condition and the game box, I'm good. Because these next-gen consoles, you install the game to the hard drive. And as long as the disc is fine, what do I care, really? Now, if it's a really good deal digitally... I'll probably go there. But I do like collecting, having like physical copies of the games. That That's just me. But I will be very like selective on various games. So I do shop backs. I do know there are some that are just like, who hired you? Who really? Who hired you? You know? Because not for nothing, from my days in retail and working at Microsoft and so forth, dealing in retail and seeing how some employees employees act i'm like y'all would not last f- two days at microsoft would not so i feel like that's true for a lot of retail like places though is that like even for like starbucks and stuff like when you find a crew of people or like a really good store mm-hmm. you like to shop at like that's the place you're gonna like i didn't bring up GameStop at all though no but it was a bit it was a bit of a discussion on it in the chat you know but i yeah. hear you like we may not like the company, but if there's a specific store that takes care of you, yeah. I mean, like, I do have some issues when I go to Buffalo Wild Wings, but I do know some of the people that work in that location where I know it'll be taken care of regardless. And unfortunately, in some parts of the United States, like GameStop or, like, the problematic stores are the only stores where people... And that sucks. You need to speak up a little. Oh, can you not hear me? You're, you're coming in a little low, my dear. Oh, okay, I will try and, and fix that. But um, but yeah, unfortunately, in a, in a lot of places in the U.S., uh, those problematic stores are the only ones that people can go to, which sucks. Yeah, I, I mean, even in those locations, you can still go to Amazon, but yeah. it's like you got to have it now syndrome, which I totally get. But yeah. All right, uh, let's see what's going on. Housekeeping news. Um got new episodes coming down the pipe so we're going good next week will be the castle point review and i believe we got pressed for it but something's up with the email address so i'm gonna have to contact uh GoDaddy about that so i might have to delete the account the, the forwarding account and re-add it so you know uh, it is what it is so um yeah Moving right along to the uh, weekly shirt and plush section of the show. Uh, this is where, you know, we wear something or we show something that's kind of cool from a various nerdy geekiness. Um, this week is my Hidden Leaf Village shirt for obvious <laughs> reasons because uh, 420 was was this past weekend. Um, and here, here's... During Easter weekend, so yeah, hey, it's okay. kosher. Like that image of Snoop Dogg in an Easter bunny costume. Yeah. Still on Easter weekend. Yeah, make sure you leave milk and cookies out for Snoop Dogg, you know? Or if you really want to do it, leave out some gin and juice, you know? But here's the funny thing. A lot of people think this is an actual we uh, actual cannabis leaf. 
it's a Canadian maple leaf on an angle. <laughs> so, that, that's a, f- a funny in-joke when this shirt was designed. Um, unfortunately, this shirt is out of print. It has been out of print for at least maybe about five years. Um, the company that makes this shirt, I don't even think is around anymore, our fandom. But hit up the people over at Mana Tees. They might be able to print print some of these up. So you know. Now that's my uh, my um, weekly thing. Mako, uh, the crowd wants to know about Tentacle Kitty. Uh, yeah. So my newest collectible uh, little Tentacle Kitty is exclusive for this year's. Um, was it EEEC or CCCE? Um, Crystal City Comic Con, something like that. Yeah, CCCE, I think. Uh, but yeah, so it was a con exclusive that Ranma was able to find somebody that went and was able to pick it up for me. Um, so now I have my hipster kitty. <laughs> and yeah, and uh, for those that actually do care um or don't care the brand for tentacle kitty is actually now in hot topics so you can go and pick up your own tentacle kitty and i want to throw a quick shout out to my friend Tekka cosplay who went to um emerald city comic con and got the tentacle kitty for mako so Tekka, thank you that's why i kept thinking crystals emerald yeah whatever yeah it's emerald city comic con yeah, it's it's I, I know it's like E C C C or C C C E. I just know there's a crap ton of C's and an E in there. C C three. And there's your wrestling reference of the week, ladies and gentlemen. Hey oh. Alright. Since you brought up the, the wrestling reference, Ari, what is your weekly shirt? Um, remember when I told you about the uh, game show imposter brew uh panel I went to? Yes. This is the uh, actual shirt itself. No, and I'm actually wearing it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, here it is. Got the, uh, freaked out face. The, uh, impossible! You know, that kind of pronunciation. Uh, well, can we see the so, face of, on the shirt? Because we can barely see it. Uh, let's see. Bring the camera over here. Trying to, uh, oh, okay. be too horrified. It kind of reminds yeah, me of, it kind of reminds me of, 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 like, Jonathan Joestar wearing glasses. It's like cross between Jonathan Joestar and Kenshiro. It's that ultra-hyper-realistic and then the floofy lips. Because that's like a JoJo thing. Yeah. (laughs) You just have lips on everyone. So, uh, shout-out to Manly Battleships. You guys are awesome. That's that's the reason I have it, so... uh... Cute. And Ichigo, what's the weekly shirt that you have today, this week? Uh... I guess repping my gay fashion brands, uh, my friend Paulina owns a Gato or a Grace of the Goddess, and she had these shirts that are basically shirts that say "Bury Me in My Brand." Um, mm. And this my brand, my brand, my special eyes. Um, no, she had these shirts for a while. Unfortunately, they're out of print, and I don't think she's planning to make any more of them. This was the last one that I got from her that she had at a show. Um, but yeah, I like I love the shirt. Obviously, it's my aesthetic. Um, I don't wear a lot of Saks blue, but mm-hmm. I was happy with the like dark blue bow and the fact that it's very me and my brand. I don't know. It was very on point, I think, for my aesthetic. 
So, um, yeah, that's that's the shirt I went with for today. That's pretty cool. And now, speaking of your brand, tell us about your trip to the land of the rising sun. Welcome yes! to Japan. Come on and slam. Oh, my. And, and wake up to the jet lag. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Um, so, yeah, uh, we left, and then we traveled to the future, and then we traveled back in time. So, But did you have a DeLorean? No, but we had a jet plane, um, and it took us uh, around the world. Uh, around the world. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, so Daft Punk reference. Uh, but yeah, so I went to Tokyo, and um, so I'm going to say a lot of these names. Um, if you've been to any of these places, definitely mention it in the chat. Um, I have photos and videos. I'm hoping to have up eventually when I get better at editing. Uh, see never. Um, mm -hmm. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so we basically were in Tokyo, and then we went to... Sorry, I have my timeline, because I'm not really good at keeping things together. Okay, so we were in Tokyo, then we went to Takayama, then we went from Takayama to Shirakawago, then we went to Kanazawa, then we went from Kanazawa to Kyoto, and then Hakone, and then we went back from Hakone to Tokyo. That was my trip. It was two weeks long. Oh, my God. So, needless to say... When um, we started our trip, uh, we were basically, mm -hmm. I, I have, I, I, we were joking that I'm Twilight Sparkle because I have all these like things because I've got everything planned, but I gave myself an outline. Um, so <clears throat> we left on when, Wednesday? Wait, we left? We left the day of the 10th and then we arrived there on, or no, sorry, the 28th. And then we arrived there on the same day. Because you basically arrived there yesterday because they're 13 hours ahead, behind. 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 Ahead. So they're, ahead. They're ahead. Okay. They're so ahead of us. Day. Oh, okay. I, this is why you can't send me on trips that deal with time because my time dysphoria is shit. Um, welcome to time dysphoria, kids. It's a real thing. Um, but yeah, so it was the next day. So we got there, and basically, when you get in, the hotel is about an hour away from town, from mm. Tokyo. It's about an hour and a half away to two hours, depending on which way you go. Unfortunately, Uber, Lyft, they're not really a thing in Japan. So you kind of either have to take either the metro, which is, I love the subway system in, in Tokyo. Like, it is unmatched, um, or a bus. And we opted for a train. Okay. Um, yeah, we opted for the metro. So we basically got into the airport, and when you are in Tokyo or in Japan, it is a good idea to get yourself a Wi-Fi puck, and um, just in general, like, try and be very self-sufficient, because unfortunately in Tokyo, <clears throat> the the way that things are in America, Americans are made fun of in other countries because yeah. we're very friendly. Um, Tokyo no, wait, 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 hold, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. hold up. Say that again? Yeah. Because we talk to people, and we're friendly and shit, and so other countries think that's hilarious. They have um, they have never met a New Yorker, <laughs> or anyone yeah, from Jersey, like or California, <laughs> very or... much the same way. Where everybody wants to get where they're going, and they have their own plans and prerogatives of where they want to be. So they're not going to be as kind as other other cities, smaller cities, even things like Kyoto, where it's the capital city. Um, like they were, there were a lot of locals who were very friendly and helpful, but unfortunately, 
unfortunately in Tokyo, that's not really the case. So when mm. you are in Japan, um, try and have a Wi-Fi or have ways to get the connection, either stopping in a Starbucks or uh, even on the trains and stuff, they do have Wi-Fi connectivity, but it's not secure. So if okay. you want to have a secure Wi-Fi that's reliable and stuff, you want to make sure to take one with you and also have an external battery because our Wi-Fi died many a time that we were not back at our hotel. Ooh. But anyway, we had to go pick that up. So we had to go at the um, <clears throat> airport and pick up our, our baggage after we got off the flight and pick up our Wi-Fi and pick up our train tickets because train tickets, you can only pick up certain train tickets for certain locations at the airport terminal or two other terminals in town. Like mm -hmm. you have to go to that area of the town, like that district, like Napori or Sugamo, like those are districts and you have to go pick up your tickets, whatever. So we went, got our tickets, got our Wi-Fi, blah, blah, blah. Took us about an hour and a half to get into town. We actually got there kind of early in the day. So we ended up kind of putzing around a little bit. Um, we were in Sugamo, which is a district that's in the, I want to say like, the eastern part of Japan, mm -hmm. or in Tokyo, it was like the north, south, it was like southeast, I think, of Tokyo, was Tsugamo. I don't know if you're from Japan and I'm completely wrong, please correct me in the chat. Um, I am not good with directions either. I'm female Ryoga, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> so you're Yoiko. Basically, yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we got there and we kind of putzed around a little bit. Um, we actually ended up going into, I think we went into Shinjuku for a little while. It was, it was kind of a crazy trip, actually. <laughs> Let me go into my gallery and look it, because by pictures is what I'm going to be able to tell you where I was. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, so we got into town and basically just kind of chilled out for a little while because the jet lag is real, uh, suffering and, and all that fun stuff. Yeah, on March 27th. Yep, that's when we got in. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, it's just pictures of us in the airport. Um, and then the next day was our day in Harajuku. Mm -hmm. So, obviously, I was very excited. Um, <laughs> I was really excited. Harajuku was the biggest place I wanted to go. It's not the mecca it used to be. And oh. also the fact that we were going on a Thursday um, that is not traditionally a day that you're going to be going fashion spotting. However, a lot of that is due to the fact that one, um, uh, the, the street, the main drag of Harajuku gets crazy busy after 10 AM, um, afternoon really, because we got there to get fluffy pancakes because my mm. one is fluffy pancakes. And fluffy me, pancakes. I fluffy pancakes. Shh, damn it, y'all okay. are making me hungry. It was so good, and there was fresh fruit, okay? And in this fresh fruit, I'm sorry, because Japan's fruit, let me, I just... Is it overly sweet or like something? Angels. It's just taken care of. Like, you can just tell it is not the bitter, sad, salty tears of a farmer who's, like, forced to factory labor. These are, like, gently coddled, like, baby's ass kiwis like you just they're very tasty so like the fruit there it's well taken care of and it's usually really nice and also it is a little bit more limited so you are going to pay more in japan because there's not as much of because they have 
they have not yeah they haven't industrialized their produce yet so everything Uh, is farm fresh and Mm. beautiful yeah farm fresh and beautiful and we did go to a few open air markets as well during so um i basically got which was amazing and john pancakes so with my pancakes they did a sweet almost like a like a dessert dough and with his they did more of like a buckwheat so when they're making these pancakes they actually tailor them and i have video of them making the pancakes so i'll try and post that in my little video clip whenever i get that done (laughs) and uh and um it you go it you go question um feel x75 wants to know is the gongoro craze still big in harajuku Okay, so Gangoro, Mam, Mangoro, Man, Mam, Manba, and all that stuff, and all that fashion style, it kind of evolved into a different style. Um, unfortunately, uh, it's not as prevalent. There are still people who do it, Banamba, and Man, and that particular fashion style, unfortunately, has kind of evolved into more of a. Uh, I want to say like toned down. Mm-hmm. It's gone into more of what they call now is gal, G-A-L. Oh, which is yeah, yeah, yeah. No like yep. pop and like cutesy and like more of like schoolgirls, like Britney Spears. Okay, See, that's gal now. Yeah, it's much more of like Britney Spears in the 90s. Like hit me, baby, one more time. Okay. Which, um, which, reminds, me of of what, yeah, which reminds me of one of my favorite animes I watched last year. And I cannot wait till it hits uh, DVD if it's not out already. But yeah, uh, unfortunately, Lolita was not uh, around there either. Again, a lot of this is because I went on a Thursday, and Sunday is usually the day the kids are going to dress up if they're going to dress up. Unfortunately, also, Harajuku has become, um, like, it's just, it is a tourist, like, destination. It, I literally, we got there before anything opened. Mm. If you want to enjoy Tokyo... In the earlier parts of the day, when there's no one on the streets, go before 9 a.m. Most of the stores will be closed, but you can take pictures with the fake food. You can take pictures of the outsides of buildings, and there's literally no one. Um, and this is for temples. This is for anywhere that they're just going to just gonna open at 9. Go when they're going to open, or at the very tail end of the day when they're about to close. Um, every time we did that, and that was pretty much every day, we didn't hit a bunch of the tourists. We didn't hit a bunch of crowds or anything like that. If we started to do things later in the day, there were a heckin' lot more people. But anyway, yes, we went on a Thursday. So unfortunately, there wasn't a lot of fashion spotting for us except for <laughs> me, babe. But yeah, I was dressed up in Uchike, which is uh, roughly translated space, K. Um, and what that means is basically I like space buns and stuff. I know a few of you guys have fo- if you follow my uh, social media, you see me kind of with glitter on my face and like planets and shit yep, yep. on my outfits um, and all that fun stuff. Uh, that was kind of what I wore on the trip because that's what I wanted to wear. Um, and I, I I didn't I wore Lolita, but I wore it more in the style of what is known as otome which is a much more classical style, not usually with a petticoat or anything, because, again, I am big American. I take up a lot of space. I didn't need to add a petticoat to that. Mm. These (laughs) motherfuckers obviously haven't seen me. 
Yeah, I mean, they had big people there. Like, we actually went by a few sumo houses and stuff like that, but 99% of the time, Japanese culture is very, very much a, you don't bother me, I don't give a fuck. Like, you don't cause me any trouble, I ain't gonna, I don't fucking care. Like, whatever. That's why fashion, alternative fashions, are so big over there. Because that alternative fashion, I'll talk about you behind your back to the neighbors, and you'll be the joke of the neighborhood, but you can do whatever the fuck you want. It's a very, unfortunately, the very passive-aggressive in a lot of that kind of culture. Mm. Um, but, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we were in Tirajuku that day. We had uh, puffy pancakes. And we went to a place called Drug Honey, which I know <laughs> sounds kind of weird to some people, but Drug Honey is kind of this kind of cult fashion brand that's very cool. Yeah. Um, and then we also got some shoes for John from Whoop-Dee-Doo. And then we also went to the Meiji Shrine oh, that's okay. out there. And we walked around there. And we also went during cherry blossom season so obviously there was a ton of hanami and crazy stuff and all those fun things um we also went to uh harry's which uh i raise your hand in chat if you love porcupines porcupines hedgehogs and those kind of creatures um we we went to a hedgehog cafe called harry's our hedgehogs were very, very tired. Aww. So they basically <laughs> fell asleep in my hand. And it was Um And then John's was full of rage and wanted to murder him. Um, because he kept, like, gotta go fast, like, furled up his spines and shit because he was tired. And apparently we came during nap time. So, um, but yeah, we walked around, went to Hanami and all that fun stuff. And then... Um, we went to the robot restaurant, uh, later that evening. Um, that was just kind of our plan for the day and everything. Um, so that was what we had planned to do that day. Um, but yeah, and I also checked out Closet Child and, and, um, and visited the Hachiko statue in Shinjuku. Oh, okay. It was a crazy day. Um, (laughs) let me tell you, it was just insane. Um, yeah, so we we did all that in one day, and then that was the day after we landed. Wow. Then the next day, we we ended up actually meeting up with some of my friends that were over there for working. Um, initially, they were over there working with one of the conventions that I volunteer with, doing their networking that they needed to do, but then they extended their stay personally to come and spend time with us since we were there. That was awesome. Um, and so we spent the day in Nepori. Um, and so we enjoyed our time with them hanging out and Nepori is kind of the craft area, fabrics district, fashion area for those who make their own stuff, which hello, it me. So um, how much I fabric did you bring love... back from Japan? Yeah, I was about uh, to say, so how much did you ship home? <laughs> I... Oh, just how, just how stuffed <laughs> was that spare suitcase? Um... I'd say a lot. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, Nepori is basically the little district that has everything from, you could get craft shit, like gels and resins and and quilting and stuff like that, because Japan's cotton, Japanese cotton fabric is the shit. 
Um, and it's just really high quality and the prints are freaking adorable. I got myself some fabric that is a chocolate. It says chocolate party on it because it legitimately has chocolate cakes and stuff. And it's pastel purple. And that's my birthday dress to myself. <laughs> um, so y'all will see that in a few pictures soon. Well, I can't hopefully. wait to see that. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm working on it right now. I'm fighting fighting with the bodice. But yeah, so um, I got a bunch of prints like that. And then I also got some other prints like Wa, which is the like traditional Japanese prints you can get over there, which are much more traditional or bunnies or whatever. And um, yeah, so I got a bunch of stuff there. They also have like leather working shops and things like that, which was what my friend was really into. So we stopped at those shops too. Um, and I got a legitimate kimono pattern for myself. <laughs> oh, that's precious. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, What's it look like? It, it, it looks like what I've made before, but mm -hmm. it's a pattern, so I don't have to think about it. Yay. <laughs> short cut. And, our and, our, short. and in our chat room, Serenity1488 says, I feel fat now. Thanks. Just kidding. First things first, you're not fat. Nobody I here is fat. You're just fluffy. We're all like a bunch cake. of fluffy people. I like cake. I, I like very cake. obviously. Damn! <laughs> oh, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I, I, I like, I like sweets. I ate a lot of sweets in Japan. And they're as... like Japanese people don't eat, don't eat sweets. Fuck, they do. Yes. Okay. Uh, as Act Up says, we fat. That's what's up, man. Brofist. <laughs> but yeah, so we also in Sugamo. We're li like not living. <laughs> I wish. Um, <laughs> weed dab. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, we were right next to a place. So uh, in chat, do any of you know what Wagashi is? W a g a s h i Wagashi. Okay, so that's what oh traditional Japanese sweets are. And um, so we actually were. In a, on a street that was right next to a place that made them fresh every morning. Ooh. Fresh. So you woke up to the smell of that shit? Basically, yeah. Like, right across the street. And it was like um, dorayaki, so like the pancakes that are filled with stuff. The guy's like flipping them, and they're just golden and crusty and lovely. And they had the best daifuku, which is my favorite wagashi. If you ever want to become my bestest friend in the whole wide world, you bring me some daifuku, Ichigo will love you forever. Um, okay. Um, basically, yeah. Uh, Daifuku is strawberry wrapped in red bean paste wrapped in mochi. I haven't but, yeah. had that in a very long time. So good. Anyway, uh, yeah, that was pretty much the first two days in Tokyo. Um, or the first three days. Sorry, time was crazy there. We then ended up going to a few smaller towns like uh, Takayama and Shirakawago and Kanazawa which were um, kind of off the beaten path. We ended up in a hailstorm and some snow and some icy rain um, in uh, Takayama, but we also had some Hida beef. We had four types of Wagyu while we were there. We had Wagyu, we had Kobe, and then we had two types of Hida beef. We had sukiyaki and we had just Hida beef prepared um, in a French style. Which I was not expecting. I, I, I'm kind of jealous now. <laughs> we ate so much beef. Oh my god. And I ate so much sushi. Oh my god. My husband's focus this trip was very much a foodie trip. So we went to a Michelin star ramen place that only serves it until they, they run out. 
Mm. So you have to wait in line for it. Those and then we the went to two Michelin star places for sushi as well. Um, but yeah, uh, then we went back to Tokyo and it was basically Akiba. And Akiba is Akihabara, which is um, kind of the area you're going to go if you want to look for secondhand figurines or your animated. Uh, secondhand figurines? Okay, yeah. for, for, for the record, I do have a couple of secondhand figurines. I have random over black lights. They're fine. Yeah, no, honestly, the ones that I got, I got a mommy Tomoe. I got, um, I got, actually, I got her, and then I got a Nendroid of her as well. Mm. Like, a lot of them actually were clean. I run black lights over all of the areas of all of my figurines. Um, John <laughs> got a few Evangelion figurines um, and all that stuff. They're all clean. A lot of them were just like the box was opened and then the person just wanted to sell it for money. Um, what about like GameStop? But yeah, and then um, one thing, though, that was really, really cool was when we went down to Hakone, which is like Hot Spring City, there was an Eva store, an, mm. like an Evangelion pop-up store because Hakone yeah. is Tokyo 3. Hakone is one of the places that Tokyo 3 is based. Uh... And so they had a pop-up store of Eva and like Evangelion for for the 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 third or the second uh, whatever it's called the the new season. Um, they had a pop-up store for that, so we got an art book from that. And then also, um, if you want to do some fashion spotting while you're in Japan, if you plan to go, Ginza is kind of the new up-and-coming place. It's kind of the place to go. It's got galleries and artists and stuff like that, because I went to see Junjo Ito's exhibit, which, for those of you who are fans of horror, you know the man, the legend. Um, and he hasn't had an art show in over a decade, mm. so I was very privileged. It was literally, they were closing up the shop for the day, but they let me in because I probably looked like a goth hooker, um, which is fabulous. And um, he let me look around at his stuff. It was the smallest little, like, box hole-in-the-wall art place. And they had all his art up on the walls, and he let me buy his art book before they kicked us out. That's they didn't nice. really kick us out. They were very kind. But, yeah, they, they were closing an hour and a half early. And so they had, like, they were like, oh, eh. And then Junji, like, said to the gallery owner, he's like, nah, it's fine. You just let Wait, her look. Wait, so Junji Ito was actually there? Yeah. That's cool. So it was really, really neat. It was a really cool experience. Um, and yeah, uh, in general, the trip overall was very, very fun. Ex very exhausting. Um, I'm surprised that my body held up for the whole thing. Um, That's but because you your more, body knows how important Japan was to you. That's oh, why. I know, right? But nothing over there is gluten-free. Like, you can try, but everything either has soy sauce or it has some type of wheat derivative in it. Um, you can try to eat less gluten or um, things where the meal doesn't contain bread. Like the beef bowls and things like that that we had were very much vegetable rice beef. Yes. And they may have come in contact with gluten, but they weren't, like they didn't contain it. A lot of it is, it's hard to find it, but you usually can. Um, overall, if you want any hints and tips or anything like that, also covering things like my Ghibli Museum visit. Um, I will hopefully have uh, videos and photos and stuff like that up. If you are planning your own trip to Japan in the next few months or years, I'm sure that my information is viable for next year when the Olympics are there. Um, you can definitely hit me up. 
on any of my social media at Ichigogami or Strawberry Paper Doll. And yeah, I hope this has been helpful and insightful for any of you planning to go to Japan or uh, you've enjoyed my stories and my rambling. Yes, yes, yes. And thank you for that trip. And hopefully maybe next couple of weeks we can see like a longer detailed with pictures on our website. Yeah, I'm going to try and do a write-up here in the next few weeks. We're just going to see how it goes. Okay. Now, we go to our chat room here. Uh, Serenity says that Ichigo should do Abby from NCIS. And um, uh, That's not a surprise. I've been told that. I've been told Garcia. I've been told basically, um, like, everybody's like manic pixie dream girl. I get a lot of the manic goth dream girl yeah. kind of costume. See, you know what? Um, you, you know what would be great, though? Mm. All right. Mako does... Abby, you do Garcia and you just walk around the con together. That would be cute. We could do like the Trunchbull and um, Mrs. Um, gosh, what's her name for Harry Potter? Like that that little fan crossover mm-hmm. friendship, the photo shoot where they're yes. like skipping to the daisies. Yes. I, I'd have to, <laughs> I, I would have to be in the background with a boombox playing Happy Together. <laughs> happy Together. Or you both do... um. You both do Abby. If I someone play Gibbs, you walk up to him and go, Gibbs, Gibbs, Gibbs. In yeah, stereo. Yeah, like on, on both sides of him. Or like Charlie's Angel pose. That'd be cute. And uh, let's see what else here. And Serenity wants to know if they do International Sailor Moon Day in Japan. Actually, they do. Um, do. a lot of times they do hold it there. The, the events there, the fandom events, are much bigger. But so I don't... Much bigger true but i don't think it's connected to our international sailor moon no, day not, not yet but you know um, it could happen it's like pokemon yeah. like the pokemon in japan is separate from the pokemon in the northern like in a north american region mm-hmm. and that's just the way that the company has separated themselves so they can handle the independent market okay. um things yeah. like sailor moon day in japan you it, it's almost like comic con like you have to line up during the day to get into certain events but again events in japan are handled significantly differently than they are in the states so yes. if you do have questions about that i can also answer those for you too okay so one one more thing i forgot to mention about my weekend day i picked up um, a daisy amiibo and the package was kind of ripped so i contacted target and they responded they will help me with my peach amiibo i'm just like are you fucking <laughs> kidding me? <laughs> I will deal with that later. But now let's talk about something that's been a hotbed of controversy for the last couple of days. And this is something that other conventions should be taking note of. And I think I can summarize this in under 10 minutes, give or take. All right, we have a convention, Colossal Con. Some people call it Water Park Con because at the Kalahari. Okay. And, you know, one thing about conventions, there's all types of panels. What's becoming popular nowadays is panels about diversity. Because we want to hear about panels about being a cosplayer, this or that, from all walks of race, life, creed, and whatsoever. And and I, and I totally get that. Now, a cosplayer, I think her name is Strawberry Cosplay, she submitted a panel on diversity called Cosplaying While Black a PLC cosplayer's Q&A. Now, I think that's a, a little bit of a dangerous title, but it is what it is. 
if it's a little dangerous, that means, you know, you got to go see what's going on. So what happened was her panel got waitlisted. Okay, this happens with a lot of conventions. Panels get waitlisted. Now, it wasn't her, but someone on her behalf got upset at the convention about the panel being waitlisted. According to the way that person felt, the panel was rejected. Now, remember, waitlisted does not mean rejected. That means you were on standby. As in case something else gets yeah, canceled. If another panel gets canceled or they're able to make room, they will add you, which is understandable. I look at it this way. If my panel got waitlisted, doesn't matter what it is, I'll try to submit to another convention. Got to build it up and be like, well, I don't think you should waitlist because it's popular at these cons, you know, which I get. Now, it turned into a giant kerfluffle, and everybody is basically shitting on Colossal Con for not being diversive enough, not paying attention to black cosplayers. Now, and I'm reading the threads. Evidently, there was, one of my friends runs an LGBT uh, panel, and she was basically more or less browbeating the panel head on adding this to the to to their panels at first well well let's let's just start um the reason why everybody's pissed off at colossal con is because somebody Mm -hmm. went with their brand name the colossal con name and basically was talking shit to these people in comments yes i was that that's what people are pissed off about not that colossal con you know they're they're upset that this was not an actual thing that it was waitlisted and not you know just but, rushed right through okay it, it's a little bit of both because as i'm reading the comments more it, it's like it started out one way but as the comment through it's like the telephone game it gets progressively worse so so i'm just saying it, it, it's basically both So, and again, the person whose monk is coming as Colossal Con basically thought that the panel was going to be just for black cosplayers only, and that was a bit of a no-no. I went looking through the threads, and I didn't see anything in regards to that. In a way, this is kind of reminds me of the anime next uh, social media kerfluffle from last year. And uh, some people were, were saying, yeah. So, it, in the way that I read it, yeah. the threads that I read and stuff, it came across as a miscommunication mm-hmm. or a misunderstanding of the literature mm-hmm. in between the folks. Because mm-hmm. apparently, as stated by the interaction between the convention and the panelists, the convention was quoted as to have saying um, that the way the panel was written, because it was by POC for POC or or some you know uh, iteration of that right basically the convention assumed that it was a closed closed panel right specifically for only one type of person and then uh, the reaction came from the phrasing which is used by a lot of conventions to make panelists aware they've been waitlisted or rejected of we don't have space this year for this 
but you might get, you know, off the wait list or something. Someone took that as a volatile, like we're rejecting you because you're POC. And that was not the case. I have been waitlisted. I have been rejected many times as a panelist with the phrasing, we do not have space. And unfortunately in this instance, it caused a reaction um, from some folks because of the wording can, unfortunately, the internet doesn't give tone. Mm -hmm. So people Mm -hmm. can take things very personally. And that is, you know, just the way people like to react to things or, or choose to react to things. Um, and then there was the instance of the, yeah, all the other issues that went on with it. But a lot of it was just, I think a lot of it stemmed from the fact that there's a lot of general use terms that apparently caused a lot of controversy. Mm -hmm. And then the fact that the description of the panel, unfortunately read again, a miscommunication to the person who read the panel when that was not the case. Hey, you know, yeah, yeah, go on. I'm sorry. Well, because I know the other thing is um, the person that actually was going to be running the panel, mm-hmm. um, it wasn't her that right. bitched out Colossalcon. It was her friend. Well, it was somebody yeah. that saw her post, then reposted that in a very negative and nasty way yes. onto Colossalcon's page. Mm-hmm. And that's what basically, I mean, yes, the wording and everything sucked. Yes. But without even waiting for, you know, anybody to get back and say, you know, it it was the wording and we're sorry about the wording. And, you know, basically it's just right now you're waitlisted because we had, you know, three other panels that were just like this. Well, I do know there is one panel similar to that. And it is some it is a diversity panel, and I made a comment in regards. Well, it looks like this panel is accepted, but the pers- but the moderator is not quote unquote POC. They are, but they're not dark skinned like me, and that kind of co- caused a stirring, which I totally get. And she was like, "Well, they don't know what my skin tone is. This, this, and that." True, but when don't be too surprised when people submit panels. They look your name up on Facebook and other, and just look stuff up to see what type of a person you are. They may, they may do, they may not do that. I wouldn't put it past anybody. Well, most of them are going to be, you know, if you if you submit a panel, yes, they're going to look to make sure that you're mm-hmm. articulate. Yep. That you actually know what the hell you're talking about, mm-hmm. and that basically you're not just a meme whore, right? Or a shitposter. Yes. Because there are plenty of times that we've gone to conventions where the person that was supposed to be hosting a panel didn't show up. Mm -hmm. And they're looking at that. Oh, we've we've taken over panels because panelists never showed up. And also, as Nemesis says, the person in charge of the panelist is a person of color. Now, that's a bit of a double-edged sword. As a person of color and you see a panel come up about this, you should kind of be like you know what this should be on the schedule but it's like you really can't play that bias you got to be impartial to everybody so that's like a thin line right there but I, I, well, I will... the the other thing is nobody's actually saying and nobody has posted exactly what the description of the yeah. panel was no everything is all on assumption and they're not and the thing is they're not going to because I hate to say it, ColossalCon is one of those conventions where it doesn't matter what really goes on per se, 
because it's also a water park convention, people are going to go regardless, and they're going to get their numbers and make their money. And that's going to be there for the water park. That too. They're going to take pictures. Mm -hmm. It is a cosplay convention. It is a huge cosplay convention. And I know, you know, panels are wonderful and everything. As I get older, I go to less panels. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I, I I will say this. In the long run, both sides were in the wrong. Number one, this person speaking out should have handled the situation a lot better and should have phrased things better. As for the head of panels, should not have responded in that way and should not have told people, you know, if you want something like this, go to DashCon. Ah, don't do that. Don't do that. That was not the head of panels. That was... That was somebody on yeah. their social media yeah. team that should never have been put right. onto their Facebook. Okay. What these conventions need to understand is that not every Joe Schmo needs to be attached to their Facebook. Mm-hmm. There are certain people, which would be the head of your media department, uh, social media um, is what I'm meaning, right. the head of the convention, you know, maybe those people. You do not put people that are just nilly willy in your social media department onto your list they do not need they can get your content for you they can find shit for you they do not need to have access to your facebook because it's people like that that do stupid crap like this then you have to be then you have to be like you have to follow up and do damage control and Mm -hmm. that's a lot more exactly Um, I think also what was mentioned in the chat was that the panelists should have PM'd the con and the whole shit show they started would have been avoided. Um, I, I agree, but unfortunately the issue that this particular instance brought up was a matter of the disliking the phrasing and the fact that they think that they were being rejected because of what their panel was, even yeah. though they were only waitlisted. Right. Um, I, I do believe that professionally, from that kind of standpoint as the panelist, um, I would have emailed first, but I also have never gone through like the trials and yes. tribulations that that panelist has gone for before, especially because our culture now is much more it's about... It's the cancel and dragging. Don't yeah. drag somebody unless all, if all options fail and it's like going to a brick wall, then drag them. Like if the staff yeah. didn't reply to you within right. a week or so... Like, definitely call them out. Like, get get yeah. your answers and stuff. But if it's just a matter of, you've been waitlisted. I I feel like a lot of that was just a, a miscommunication. Yeah, but I also feel you know, given the hotbed of what's going on with P, uh, black cosplayers, PLC cosplayers, diversity panels like this should have a higher weight as a panel at conventions. You mean a lower weight, don't you? Like, a, they should be prioritized? Yes, or prioritized. Be... Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, I definitely think that when you're doing panelists, uh, or panels in general with your programming, that there needs to be some sort of balance system. Yeah, well, I, or a I, I, I balance get that, because, I mean, honestly, you know, how many JoJo panels can you have? I mean, how many Hitalia panels can you uh, have? Like, how many you know? fandom panels can exactly. you have where people are dressing up like the characters? or? How many panels can you have debating the historical references in Ronma One Half? Exactly. Like, it, you know, and I know that there are certain conventions that do the balances of like ten fandom panels, seven such and such panels, 
of our cosplay panels, we're going to devote this to mm -hmm. disabilities, yeah. this to POC, this to, you know, different levels of, of different things within the cosplay realm. Yeah. Um, I know there are a lot that do that, but um, maybe more more conventions need to jump yeah. on that. Now, in the end, Colossal Con spoke up, and they basically apologized for the kerfluffle, but they ended up throwing their panelists or whoever had a panels or whoever ran the social media under the bus as they drove over it. It's similar to the whole cosplay burlesque thing. I'm just saying, Colossal Con, y'all gotta do better than this. That's it. That, that, that's all I'm saying. Look at other cons, see how they handle their social media, see how they do, th you know, take a note here and there. That, 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 that's it, you know, j just do better. That's it. That, that, that's, that's all we're saying. And I truthfully blame the writing on mm -hmm. the waitlist email. That too. I think if that was worded better, um, this whole thing wouldn't have started. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I think that the escalation of it was not needed. Exactly. And, and I totally agree. Now, I get it. You know, you think that your panel, whatever the fuck panel it is, you think your panel is the most amazing thing out there. Waitlisting does not mean that somebody said, screw you. Waitlisting means, you know, there were 10 other panels exactly like yours. Now, that's the million, that's the rub. People are saying, they're, they're, they're saying there wasn't other panels like this coming down the pipe. Except that they don't know. Yes. Colossal Con is not going to say, oh, well, we have this, 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 and this before the actual convention. Because they it... don't know if those panelists... And if you look at that, this stuff mm -hmm. was only emailed out on the 21st, mm -hmm. depending on how many panelists said, you know what, now I'm not going to be able to make the convention. Right. She could have right away the next day been told, hey, we had, you know, a can another cancellation in this, you know, programming area. You know, we'd like to have you come in. Mm -hmm. I mean, I... While, yes, I can see that a convention would just say, screw it, I don't want, you know, panels like this. At the same time, knowing, you know, how many people go to these conventions, I can't see that, you know, that they're not going to, you know, oh, I'm not going to have you on because I don't want this panel. Right. I want to know just how many other panels are out there. Because not for nothing, you know, POC panels are popular. Yeah. But if 10 it's people... It's nice to hear things from a different perspective. Yeah, but if 10 people are going to say, I want to do a, a person of color, you know, themed panel, you know, as a person of color, you know, I want to show what I'm doing, they're not going to do 10 of them. And the thing is, if your panel, subs your panel submission wasn't worded as eloquently as somebody else's, they're going to go with that one first. Uh-huh. And even, even in this instance, um, I know there was stuff floating around in tandem with this or in collaboration with this post of it wasn't first come, first serve. Right. I feel like that's, uh, that is definitely not the case in total. Because... Well, no, because, because somebody was complaining that somebody sent in their panel late and was chosen. I haven't seen anything like that. All I saw was that a panel was accepted late. And, and I did I, not I, see that that was one of the ex that that was actually one of the 
panels that was no. going to be chosen. Like, and that's, that's what I'm addressing, though, is that, like, a lot of times, programming, panel ops, that kind of stuff, that has to be planned well in advance. So even if it's not first come, first serve, a lot of the time, they're going to go with the panelists that they vetted that are guaranteed coming, that have their tickets that are whatever, right. rather than someone who sends in their panel late. I'm not saying that anybody did. I'm not saying this is a case of that. But if for some reason they find a panelist who seems as a professional as you can be on whatever topic it is, and they're covering a similar or very same topic to yours, 99% of the time, not all the time, they're going to go usually with that presenter because that person got their stuff in faster. They were able to vet them through the process and everything like that. So it's no personal attack. It's no personal job. It's just a matter of they saw them, they vetted them, and it's done. Um, but, yeah. It, yeah. The thing that it could be um, that I was looking at, yeah. um, the panel that, you know, was waitlisted has four hosts to it. So what incentives is the convention giving out for being a panelist? Are all four of those people going to be getting, you know, discounts or a badge or whatever compared to maybe two people doing the same type of panel? Um, I, that's not usually the case. It, it kind of boils down to the aspect of the more panels you do, the cheaper your badges or reimbursement. I would assume yeah. with four moderators on the panel, I would say in a panel like that, there's four different sides to, you know, experiences in dealing with this. Well, what I'm, but what I'm saying is if you've got two of the same exact panel and you've got one with four people and one with two people, they're going to, they're not going to have to, you know, put incentives towards more people if they pick the panel that only has two hosts. Right. Well, that's, I mean, you know, that's what I'm going for. It also depends on what they're, the, like, what, because unfortunately, now we're getting down to cutting hairs because different panels have different things. There are certain things, especially back in the contractual obligations and stuff with, 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 I don't know, like, capacities and programming and stuff like that, where even if there are four people, maybe they are, you know, four very, uh, professional panelists and whatever and they they just they're they're varied in their background experiences like maybe someone is from another country and uh, others are poc or others are disabled mm -hmm. you know like maybe they have different aspects of that particular you know it, it's not so much the number maybe not the quantity but maybe the quality and it doesn't i've never seen an instance where number plays a huge role in that okay all right yeah. So basically, we've kind of beaten this into the dirt. Yeah. Long story short, both sides fucked up. Colossal Con takes the brunt end of this of how they handled the situation, and it's no different from the whole ASEN debacle where things ran so long they canceled the masquerade, and so many people said they're not going, and they end up going next year. Whatever. Uh, moving on. Now I'm only going this way not to throw away from it, but we got a few more topics to cover. Like this one, uh, Vic oh Mignona's million dollar lawsuit. Long story short, he's suing Jamie Marshy, Monica Rial, uh, her fiance, and Funimation for lost wages, etc., etc., etc. Okay. Uh, you're a contractor. When you're a contractor, your rights are different from a full time employee. So, 
I don't think he's going to win this million dollar lawsuit. He, they may end up settling out for pennies on the dollar. It is, and that's that. Um, if there's any more that's coming up to this, we will follow it up in a future episode. But for now, everybody, I speak on everybody here that basically says, uh, fuck Vic. This is his delete the franchise moment. Yes. Now, he's just, sh he just, you know, close down shop and just walk away because there's no coming back from this. Mm -hmm. and now, I don't know if it's the victim blaming by putting Real as one of the uh, defendants or it, the fact that... Oh, shit, how do I phrase this? The fact that it could be just another frivolous lawsuit because yeah. he doesn't want to feel responsible for his actions. Yeah, I mean, we can, we can, we can spin this all day, but you know what? I'm not going to sit here and do that. We Throughout various episodes, we've said our thoughts on this, about the situation in general. All right, now we're going to talk about issues with TV Tokyo apologizing for, an un, for unprofessional conduct. Mako-chan, could you please cover that for us? I think this is a follow-up from a prior uh, prior story. Okay. All right. Oh, this one has Hululu on the uh, artwork. I know what this is. Kimomo <laughs> Friends. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so, um, TV Tokyo is apologizing for a, uh, kimono, uh, kimo, uh, kimono Friends 2 producer's unprofessional conduct. Basically, um, as the notice states, an employee of TV Tokyo has made statements on social media regarding the broadcast of the show. Some of these statements have included unpleasant and unprofessional conduct towards viewers. Mm -hmm. Uh, it is entirely up to the viewers to express their evaluation of a product. Those who are involved in the mission of the show must accept the results earnestly. We believe that this is an essential aspect of working in production. We deeply apologize for this incident. Uh, basically, um, yeah, uh, the the producer, um, no, the director, I believe was on Twitter and gained a reputation for replying condescendingly to fans who criticized the anime. Um, on April the 2nd, the day the final episode of the show aired, um, he wrote several tweets insinuating players were not perceptive enough to understand the appeal of the show and were just blindly following the first anime. Uh, he has not tweeted since then. <laughs> um, it's also believed that he created a Twitter, a Twitter account to bash Tatsuki, the director of the first uh, series. This alleged Twitter account, which went under the handle uh, Hyomuru Fanaru, has since been deleted. Fans speculated that the account was actually run by uh, Hosea because it stated information that only a production insider would know and because the two accounts had suspiciously similar writing quirks and personality. Uh, the two accounts would have friendly exchanges on Twitter. Don't <laughs> you know not to talk to yourself with this crap? Come on. Uh, but yeah, so basically... Um, yeah, uh, if you are a production person or somebody that actually deals with the uh, anime and that side of things, don't yell at fans for not liking your work. Just because, you know, somebody else will work. Not everyone and when you, you 
True. Right, right. You know, when you start bitching at people, you know, you lose your job. Exactly. This this is Japan. You know, when has yelling at somebody gotten you anywhere? Mm. More on the, uh, basically, it should just be, uh, you know... Oh, I'm sorry you don't like this. Please watch, you know, next season. It is. Yeah, if, it is. Generally, if you insult your fans, you're not going to build a really good rapport with them. Uh, uh, like, like, like case in point in our chat right here, you know. Um, you say something that's kind of disrespectful, you're going to get DOS boot, you know. Hey. It is what it is. All right, um, Ari, what, what's up with these dubs coming out from Sentai Filmworks? Uh, let's see. They announced on, at their panel at Anime Boston that the Cutie Honey Universe and Mysteria Friends animes are getting English dubs. Jessica Caveo is reprising her role as Cutie Honey in Cutie Honey Universe, mo most recent anime project based on Go Nagai's Cutie Honey manga. David Wald is directing a dub, and uncensored limited edition release will be available for pre-order on... Oh, today, actually. Mm-hmm. The series premiered in April 2018 in Japan. Sentai Filmworks licensed the series, and High Dive streamed the anime as it aired. <clears throat> Let's see. Akatoshi Yokohama from Photo Kano, or Kano, directed the anime production read. Natsuko Takahashi for Urahara Yuyushiki. That's a mouthful. <clears throat> Handled the series composition, and... Suichi Izeki designed the characters and served as chief animation director. The other unit, AOP, Mr. Osatsuma in Another World, my smartphone. <clears throat> okay. For the anime opening scene, I can't fight without love. Hmm. Uh, let's see. So, yeah, like the artwork for it looks uh, pretty interesting. I'll share it in the uh, chat room to <clears throat> let everyone else see it. Cool, and I like the, the fact that Jessica Cavello is coming back as um, Cutie Honey. We interviewed her at Zenkai last year. She's a she's an awesome person. We're getting a. I wonder if we're gonna get a remis a remaster of a like the usual opening theme, Honey Flash, or is that the different one? Uh, no, it seems like each series gets a revamped version of Honey uh, Honey Flash. So it's probably we might get one too. That would be kind of cool. Also, who is this guy sticking out of uh, Honey's cleavage in the uh, promotional artwork? I just noticed that right now. If I knew, if I could, if I if I knew, I would tell you. I remember the character's name. I'm just like, wait, 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 what? What the fuck am I looking? Oh my <laughs> god! Beauty Honey was like that's that's just like her tropiness is that she was like the adult magical girl kind of thing. Yeah, I'm looking at that, and all the uh, giant test fetishists are like, definitely picking this up now. <laughs> okay, our, our last topic of the tonight, <laughs> in regards to normal news, uh, the JoJo fashion line. That's all you, Ichigo. Oh my gosh. Do anyone Does anyone else feel like some JoJo posing? Or just Madonna voguing? That's about all I can do right now. Um, <laughs> I can't really, you know, bust out those poses because I'm in this uncomfortable ass chair, and uh, I might blow up my fucking back. That's doing all right. It. No, 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 we'll don't, don't, don't. We'll save your spine for 
some sort of, I don't know, uh, fighting game finish um, later. But uh, yeah, suit up to become a gang star with the JoJo's fashion line. The characters of Hirohiko Araki's JoJo's Bizarre Adventure manga and anime are always on the forefront of avant-garde fashion. They've appeared on fashion magazine covers, on the runway, and in editorial photo shoots. The boys of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Golden Wind, are no exception. As Giorno Giovanna and Bruno Buciar... Oh, gosh. Buciari. Bucciarati are inspiring a new fashion collection from the brand X-Girl. The fashion line includes brightly colored shirts featuring the characters themselves and pieces emblazoned with the Bucciarati's teardrop pattern. I mean, and it's, it's, um, it's streetwear, and it looks pretty functional or pretty comfortable. They actually look pretty wearable, which, uh, you know, for JoJo, I would say is, is out of, it's not completely out of character, but it's usually pretty out there fashion-wise. Uh, some of them look like they could even go with the Vans sneakers mm-hmm. that came out uh, that were a JoJo collaboration uh, earlier, I think, uh, last year. JoJo's Bizarre Adventures Golden Wind is the manga fifth part that continues the story from the previous entries of Hirohiko's work. And the story begins with Jotaro asking Koichi to travel to Naples to investigate a person known as Haruno Shiobana whose real mm-hmm. name is later revealed as Giorno Giovanna. And the story follows Giorno and his goal to rise to the top of the Passione Mafia and turn it into a band of honorable thieves. Crunchyroll is streaming the anime series as it airs in Japan, so if you want to get your JoJo fix, you can definitely check out Crunchyroll. Cool. I, I think I caught up with this week's episode, and it's like, Wow. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I'm, I like to see collaborative pieces with um, anime and stuff. I know a lot of it ends up being kind of like streetwear, where a lot of it's like t-shirts and things like that, but I definitely like the suits and stuff like that. If somebody can share the um, link in the chat, I think it would be really cool. Yeah. Ari, can you do that real quick? Uh, sure. Let me just bring it right back up here. Yeah. I, I, you know, I'm I'm kind of surprised we got a couple of trolls coming through here. I guess we're getting kind of popular, or the topics that we're discussing caught wind and people want to come through. So hi y'all, you know, hey, if, if, look, you troll the show, your views count towards us getting uh that Twitch verified. So you know, thanks for the hate. Exactly, Haters gonna hate. They hate us because they can't be us. But I gotta get my friggin' hater tears uh, mug somewhere. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> now, if they stuck around, this would have been the best part of the show. Um, strange news from Japan. They're lost. Exactly. Um, I'll take the first one. Y'all three can argue over the next, the other two. I'll take I the gotta step one. out. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm I'm not feeling very well, so I'm going to end my stream right now. All right, cool. Patty. All, All right, right later. Feel better, feel better. Thank you. You got it. Right, I'll take the second one then. All right, okay, cool. I'll take the convenience stores because conven- I'm so angry that we don't have Japanese konbini here. It mm. makes me so sad. <laughs> All right, this story is called... Five members of the Bad Lobster Biker Group arrested by Abina Police. Wow. 
So on the Where end, do we begin with this one? At the beginning. On the 18th, Kanagawa Prefecture Police arrested five boys between the ages of 17 and 19 for reckless riding, like wavering across lanes and running red lights during an encounter on August 31st of last year. Police say this is one incident in a series of provocative behavior by the gang riding minibikes. It's not uncommon for Japanese teens to form biker gangs and being and enjoy being a nuisance. But the uncommon thing about the group name is called Bad Lobster. I kind of wanted a band called Bad Luck. The name, which is originally in English as Battle Robusta, is a play on the name of their city, which contains the word Ebi, which refers to the creature of both lobster and shrimp families. Considering the low intimidation factor of the word shrimp, they opted for the lobster definition. Now, English speakers might be thinking that this name would sound a lot more edgy when read and heard by Japanese people, much like how Akube may sound dark and mysterious to our own ears. Reaction online would suggest that Bad Lobster is just as lame sounding to Japanese people as it is to us. So they're from Ebina, I get it. That's a quite a pun, boys. Bad crayfish. What's the difference between a lobster and a crayfish anyway? They should have called themselves Ebil Lobster. Do they threaten people by saying, don't you know I'm a bad lobster? Do they, rum <laughs> Do they rumble with the tiger prawns? Or I'm totally thinking of the cartoon Tiger Sharks. And the best one, great. I Now I want to go to Red Lobster. Others point out that bad crab would have been a good choice because English words crab and club are homonyms in Japanese. Of course, that wouldn't fit into the whole ebby pun since kani is Japanese for the word crab. But as admitted by others, it's not the worst name either. Anyone who has experienced a bad lobster in their life will attest that it's no laughing ma matter. So does an element of hazard to it. On the other hand, it's a little catchy too. Upon hearing it, it's kind of hard to resist singing um, Bad Lobster in the style of Rock Lobster. <laughs> but according to the investigation, Bad Lobster was formed to keep other bozoku out of Ebina. Presumably, if an outside crew like Discreet Relationship rode into town, a member would inform them that they were on Bad Lobster turf. This would instantly make them hungry for a seafood platter and send them on their way. However, this tale of wild antics and crazy crustaceans doesn't scare people away from the fine city of Abina, where you are assured that most people are good lobsters. Wow. If I saw a person-sized lobster, I would assume that I was in a Jinjito novel and I would run the fuck away. <laughs> I would if it if I saw one, I would assume I was under the effect of some powerful hallucinations, hallucinogenics. You know the funny thing about lobsters is that they actually used to be poor man's food because they were considered like the cockroach of the ocean, yep. and now they're like hoity-toity Serenity four ten eighty eight goes. Is their weakness hot butter being poured on them? Then it becomes sem semi-hentai. <sighs> Next, please. Students are only... Like, Japanese people share their weird and worst school rules. Uh, we've seen a lot of bizarre rules in Japanese schools. Everything of students being forced to bow and kneel their teachers in a cult-like ceremony 
I'm not clicking on that link. <laughs> to a girl with naturally brown hair having to dye it black. Ironically, to enforce school's no dye hair policy. <clears throat> In fact, it was after the dyed hair event that the NPO Baraku Kosko Nakaso let's eliminate black school rules <clears throat> was established. Phrasing. Here, the black is the same as in the black companies organization have no concern for the well-being of their workers or students. After running a survey last March, they found two-thirds of middle schoolers and one-half of high schoolers have experienced some form of these rules. Like, students can only wear certain colors of underwear. Wow. Who is checking for that? Students are not allowed to have ponytails. Only okay. allowed three sneezes in class. What the fuck? Must get permission from a teacher to cut their hair over summer vacation. Male and female students must have two meters of distance between them. Students are not allowed to wear scars during their exams. I'm just like, what? Additionally, these aren't just isolated cases. The survey also found that 20% of high school students with naturally brown hair were forced to dye black at some point, and that one out of every six middle schoolers had an official school rule regarding the color of their underwear. And Japanese netizens were like, that's just a school being factually stupid. Too many strict rules to just be less of them being followed. And one girl's on her period that wouldn't let her take a break during gym and force her to run around campus. Fingernail inspections that may not be cut off any white sections. I think, well, that's something we had to do in the military, so. Coats were, coats were forbidden at school even on days so the cold train, so cold the train stopped. Um... For sneezing, you just hold them all for one giant sneeze. I sneeze ten times in one minute, I get in so much trouble. Uh, perhaps Japan could take a page from Finland school system where students are not only the best educated in the world, but have the most freedom. Not only can they lie down in class, study what they like, have almost no homework, but they can sneeze whenever they want. Imagine that. Ugh. Yes, Serenity 41088, a lot of these rules are fucked up. But it is life. It makes me long for the days of fingertip length shorts. <laughs> were any of you told that Were any of you told that white Were any of you told growing up that the white parts on your fingernails were where uh, you lied? Because that's what my mom did to me. No. My I mom just... told me a lot of lies like that. No, what it is, it's more like when you will bite at it, you could tell somebody was lying, you know, like they're fidgeting or something like that. Or someone just has an oral fixation and anxiety problem. The implication being, you tell the lie, it immediately appears in your nails. Again, I was... Oh, no, it's that's okay. how I was raised. We all had our own uh, trials to bear. Let, let, let's move on because my yes, mind just please. did a complete 180. Thank you very much, Ichigo. It's cool because we're going to not lie. We're actually going to hope, at least Japanese convenience stores are going to hope, that you're up for telling some truth. Mm. And by truth, they mean paying more tax at the till. So soon, some shoppers will be expected to say, Zimimasen, but please charge me more. Or, excuse me, but please charge me more. Uh, the tax in Japan for most things is about 8% for those of you who are not used to it. Mm. 
It's only been about five years since the sales tax in Japan jumped from 5% to 8%, and consumers are set to get a hit in the wallet again this fall, when, in October, the sales tax rate is scheduled to rise to 10%. Although, there are a few thankful exceptions. For one, food and drinks, not counting alcoholic beverages, will remain at 8%, but with a catch. The lower sales tax is only for items being purchased for consumption elsewhere. For example, if you're buying a cake at a grocery store, sales tax is 8%. Mm -hmm. But if you're buying one at a restaurant, it's 10%. However, this leaves convenience stores in a bit of a gray area. For years, Japan convenience stores have been far ahead of their overseas counterparts. Heck, yes, beach! But uh, in terms of variety and quality of the food, like, I can't agree more. Thank you, article. And the drinks they offer, obviously. And in recent years, several of them have set up eat-in spaces. Sorry, I'm very excited because the convenience in Japan are, are top, top shelf. Uh, counters are tables with chairs where you can sit down and enjoy the bento box lunch, hot bottle of green tea, or seasoned pocky chocolate sticks that you just bought. Some places even have Wi-Fi, USB ports, and power plugs for you to use while you're there. So the question becomes whether sales tax at convenience store should be 8 or 10%. And the answer is both. Why, Japan? Why? Legally, if you're buying food and drinks to go, the rate is 8%. But if you're buying them to consume them on the premises, it's 10 The problem, though, is that you make purchases of both types at the same register. So how will the clerk know? <laughs> What tax rate to ring you up with? I'm sorry, I'm just giggling because this is kind of silly. Uh, simple. If you're going to be using the eat-in counter, you're supposed to, out of the goodness of your heart, tell the clerk at the register so that they know to charge you the extra 2%. The, that's the solution. Anyway, uh, it doesn't want to put a burden on the employees to have to ask the customers about their eating plans. Um, so the organization of the Jap Japan Franchise Association, the JFA, uh, will be printing and distributing posters for convenience store owners of all brands to put up in their stores asking customers who plan to use Eden Space to tell them that they're, they want to pay more. The procedure implies that if you say nothing, you'll be rung up at the cheaper 8% rate, and it'll be interesting to see how, if it plays out in practice, uh, it seems like there'll be an obvious loophole in keeping your mouth shut and then walking over to the Eden space to chow down. Um, but again, the Japanese society is kind of a famously rule-abiding and painfully shy one, and the relative lack of small talk and chit-chat in shopping transaction makes it likely that some shoppers will feel awkward announcing, I'm going to eat here! Especially if they feel particularly self-conscious about the like uh, while eating a whole sakura cake by yourself in the middle of the night um, yeah I, honestly though uh, as mentioned in the chat by serenity 41088 um, you'd be surprised uh, like anyone is going to be honest about that she says um, mm -hmm. actually all of my instances um, of interacting with people they are painfully honest um, a lot of the time um, a lot of times, uh, it, 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 it's kind of like that friend 
who's so honest they're abrasive that's that is the society that you kind of deal with while you're there um a lot of times though if you're like oh sumimasen and like uh daijobu like you know like you try to be as nice as possible to yeah. other people they they will understand that you as a tourist are not trying to be an asshole gaijin but at the same time you are at a point inconveniencing them so there will be uh interactions if you ever go where they people get short with you um but yeah no they're 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 pretty honest people so like applejack from mlp she says yes mm -hmm. kind of like applejack yes. hard working and brutally honest i wonder how these people would react to seeing the uh, various state t state uh, sales tax rates in this country it varies oh yeah also, Delaware ain't hot shit knowing that there's three other states with no sales tax. Yeah. Trust me, I have thought about going down there to buy stuff, but I would just break even by just going around the corner. So. Plus, think of all the uh, time and money you'd spent, you'd waste getting down there. Exactly. Transport. You'd have to balance that. It'd be like you'd want to go down if it was like a big multi-monthly buy. You'd want to go down with, like, a U-Haul truck. Yeah. All right. Um, quick thing before we wrap up tonight's show. Serenity asks in the chat, so what's this about having to have a valid license to fly now? Okay. Long story short, in certain states, you must have a digital ID so you can fly. It's just like a regular ID, but some have, in New York and New Jersey, it has a gold star on it, and you have to pay a premium for it. That's the rules. And I just found out why Mako Chan got left to shout. So she can't have him. I'm sorry. That sucks. Yeah. And Serenity says, hence, I'll never fly. Yes, you can. You can still fly. You just have to pay extra on top of your ID to get a digital ID, something like that. Yes, Act Def. Yeah. And some states is like that. You know how it, it, it came from the aspect of. Well, in order to fly international, you need a passport. In some states, you don't even need that. You need a digital ID to do that. Now it's gotten to where you need a digital ID to not just fly international, but even take a bus to Canada or Mexico now or a train. That's what it is. And if you go on your, your state's website for licensing and IDs, you'll see the cost. Not every state has that so if your state doesn't have that they can't enforce that so you know i feel like part of that also stemmed because wasn't there a whole debacle a few years ago where there were certain licenses that weren't considered legal in other states like so, if you crossed over to another state it wasn't taken as a legal form of identification or something? well yeah in new york they have what's called the nyc id card that's only good in new york city that you can use that in conjunction for points for a state ID card, I believe, you know. But I think that's basically what it is. My husband was being a water fairy for me. So mm, that that's good. I have a bottle of water, like, right by me, you know. Gone through a mug of water, a bottle of water, now another mug of water. Woo. Yeah, for me, I would need to get an enhanced ID, so... 
I guess I would too. It depends on your state, basically, you know, and how, I mean, and how much it will cost. If nothing else, just get a passport. Yeah. Then you're good anywhere. And if it's going to cost about the same, I'd, I'd just get a new passport, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I think I'm mine renewed. Yeah, mine's, mine's coming. I have to re renew mine, like, a couple of days before my birthday. So, thankfully, I could just do it online. Yeah, I we definitely had to renew ours before our trip. Yeah, so I, I just got to find out how much it costs to get a real ID, so... I'll probably deal with that at work tomorrow, something like that. Some I'm, I'm near like two or three um, DMV places, but it, it, enough about that. Let's get up on out of here. I mean, I can't believe all the talking that we've did. I forgot to update the uh, the rundown, so I am so sorry about that. So if you like what you heard, tell a friend. They in turn will tell another friend, and so on and so forth. We are independent bloggers, independent podcasters. We do this for the fun of it. So what we tell you what we like and don't like, we're being straight up honest with you about that. If you have any questions about the show, drop us a line at podcast at animejamsession.com. Again, that is podcast at animejamsession.com. We are here to believe you. Don't forget to check out our website at animejamsession.com where we post uh, links to our podcast, anime reviews, uh, cosplay interviews, cosplay tips and tricks, links to our convention videos and cosplay photos, and then some. Um, La Chocola posted an article about the Sailor Moon, the Super Live, so definitely check that out. And we will have Ichigo's review of her trip to Japan coming up soon, so definitely be on the lookout for that. Uh, don't forget to find us on various podcasting sites. iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, Player FM, Pocket Casts, Podcast Addicts, anything that you use to find a podcast, and you can find us there. And what's cool, these apps allow you to leave reviews. So if you get a chance, tell us what you think of it. You know, we may be able to check, we may get access in here. So, you know, we really appreciate that. And don't forget to follow us on social media Anime Jam Session at YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. So, to everybody that supports us on social media, thank you so much. We could not do this show without you. Not what's up. We really appreciate that. And let's go around the room. Last words, Ari. I am tired and I am swelling up. So I just want to go to bed. Last words, Ichigo. I am also tired and I have a tea party with my friend tomorrow. So I'm going to go get my beauty suit so that I can get dressed up for some fun. My last words is... I'm going to start packing for Castle Point and fix the um, the, the email addresses. A call to GoDaddy is happening soon. Mm. Well, that is it. End of list. We're getting up on out of here. And also, Mako-chan's last words is, curse that evil ham. <laughs> so, that's it. End of list. Um, thank you so much for listening to us. Thank you so much for supporting us. Um, I know I didn't mention Spotify. We're still pending. I'll see if I can follow up with that. So, I'm Ranma. I'm Ari. And I need to go. Great fight. Great night. See you next week. Good night, everybody. Yamatsune. Say good night, Ichigo. Good night, Ichigo. Good girl, Pet Pet. <laughs> okay, that's it. We're out of here. Good night, y'all. 
podcast has been a production of Anime Jam Session and AJS Productions. No fanboys and fangirls were hurt, maimed, shot, electrocuted, or pistol whipped in this episode. For now. The views, opinions, and thoughts expressioned on this show do not reflect the staff or the network as a whole. But we're still right, damn it. For transcripts of this episode, start typing. Check us out at AnimeJamSession.com and VogNetwork.com for more information about us and other programming. Jamatane!